Hey, this is Carrie Peters. And Stacey Morgenstern. And welcome to Better Than Ever, a Health Coach Institute podcast. Where we're here to question how we do life, because the normal rules no longer apply. Hey guys, it's Carrie Peters. I'm here with Stacey Morgenstern, and we're the co-founders and co-creators of the Health Coach Institute. What's up, Stacey? What's up, Carrie? Um, Well, I'm just super excited to be here with you and finally have a context and a place for all of the juicy conversation that you and I have been dying to have about all kinds of things that matter to us as men, as women, as people who are living in a time where there are all kinds of things that we're supposed to do, quote unquote, for our health, for our body, for our career, for our finances, for our relationships. And yet often what we see is that what we're supposed to do is not necessarily what makes us happy. And so we get to uh, have conversations about what is real for us and what's true for us and looking at redefining what health means, redefining what a great body is, redefining all those shoulds of life so that the life that you create for yourself is something that's better than you could have ever, ever imagined, which is why, of course, Stacey, the podcast is called Better Than Ever. (laughs) I love it. It's new paradigms for a new world because... One of the things that was happening in our jam sessions, Carrie and I get together every week and we're, we're jamming on ideas and trying to push the boundaries or start from a blank canvas. And how would we recreate culture? How would we create uh, independence, sovereignty, parenting, desire, femininity, wealth, what it means to accumulate wealth? And parenting and motherhood and all of these things that like Carrie was saying have a whole lot of should attached to them or suffering obligations and it's time to stop leading and living and loving from obligation and doing it more from choice as the creators of our lives so one of the things that we thought we would do with this podcast is bring that conversation to you um, so that we can uh, start to imagine the more beautiful world that we know in our hearts is possible for ourselves, for others, for our children, and for the world. Yeah, I, I think too, as women in this particular time, like what unique challenges we face. Stacy and I are both married, we're both moms, we're both business owners daughters and sisters and there's so many roles for us to play and the 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 thing that's incredible about this time is that women can do so much so much I think about how grateful I am to have been born in this time I think about that often because it wasn't all that long ago that us ladies couldn't even vote um, or own property And so it's, there's so many wonderful things about this, this time in history, but there's also with that, like an enormous challenge of feeling like 
we do, we have to do everything that we, that in order to have it all, you have to do it all and be amazing at work and be amazing at home and be an amazing mom and be amazing in bed and look amazing and have an amazing Instagram. There's just this sense of having to hold up this enormous facade of how we should be performing in every area of our lives. And, and that's not easy. Um, that's not easy. Well, what I would say is because I, I know you mentioned women and obviously we are women and we both have daughters. So the way that women get to show up in the world and have a voice and have a say as the creators is very important. And I do want to shout out to the men because as women are becoming more empowered with their needs and desires and expressing them, and also women are, uh, rising in, um, in, in the career and earning power and buying power. It's also important that the men are evolving and developing a self-awareness of what it means to be a man. And that's also worth redefining because, uh, these women are going to need men who rise to the occasion to meet them in these new paradigms. So I'm super excited to be redefining what success is, what fulfillment is, marriage, all of these super juicy, juicy topics. Um, and I, I love what you were saying just about some of the, the pain points and the illusion of Facebook and Instagram and posting your happy pedicure toenails and your umbrella drink, like, yay, selfie, I'm so happy. But what I'm finding behind that, if we were, if that was like a window shade and we were to pull up the flap of somebody's Instagram or Pinterest profile, I'm seeing a lot of people burnt out, tired, depressed, and actually very lackluster. And there's, they're kind of hiding behind that facade, afraid to confront in some ways that they crave maybe something different, a new kind of lifestyle design. And part of the problem is what I'd call an impoverished menu is that we have a certain lifestyle design uh, and, and culture really grow up, go to college, get married, you buy a house, you have a car, you got to make a certain amount of money, you have two kids. Like there's a whole uh, design that we're conditioned into and there's an impoverished menu of how else it can be. What are the other possibilities that we can dream up? And uh, what I would love in this podcast, Carrie, is that we, we talk about um, just, yeah, what are, how do we expand the range of our imagination for having it all and what that can look like. Because some people might think, well, having it all, that sounds impossible. Like there's a disbelief in that or completely overwhelming. Yeah, I agree. And if I, if I, you know, was looking at me 10 years ago, uh, if the 10 years ago, me at 32 looked at me at 42, I don't know that I would believe that my life could look like it is. I don't know that I would believe that I could have a business and a child and a husband and the occasional hour to myself and a vacation away. And, you know, I think I would have imagined that there's no way I could have all of that at once, that, that in order to 
have something that I love, I'd have to give up something else that I also love. (laughs) Mm, So you might lose something in order to get something else. Like it's an either or, is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. Yeah. Like I would have thought either I get my business or I get to have the experience of having a child or being married. Either I get to be like ambitious and well and driven and scared and excited, or I get to be married to a guy who really loves me. Like I didn't see, well, how could I have both those things? Like what guy is going to want to, for, at least that's what I thought for years. Of like, who's going to want to <laughs> marry me? <laughs> Cause well, I, so what I hear in that, just to give a reflection that's coming up right now, by the way, Carrie and I are, we're both teachers and students of each other. So you're going to hear us <laughs> give these reflections sometimes, but the hit I just got Carrie in that, is a, a, a almost a rooted orientation towards cutting off some parts of ourselves. And we often like to say that the way you do one thing is the way you do anything. So it makes me curious, how else does that show up in your life where you're cutting out or negating some part of yourself or for example, your, your body, like that it's either, or, or I'm going to give up this in order for that. Or I, if I have this, I can't have that. Um, so I'm wondering, uh, how that shows up in your relationship to body since we are the health coach Institute, of course. Um, and how is, and maybe that, that, maybe that body story is an old story. And so what's alive for you now, if at all, or have you completely transcended this idea of either or that versus both and more? No, I don't think I have totally, I think I've transcended it quite a bit, but not totally because, um, I, when I found out I was pregnant, which was a surprise, it was not intentional. I didn't, I actually did not want to have kids. I was terrified of having children. I, it seemed monumentally difficult. <laughs> and what I've discovered is that it is. <laughs> and so when I got pregnant by surprise, I was 40 and I, I didn't think that was going to happen. I, you know, you know, every doctor in the world tells you that basically at 35, that your eggs are dying on the vine. And uh, <laughs> so I thought I'd kind of, you know, dodged it. Um, and one of the things that I thought was, well, either I'm going to get to have this pregnancy in this baby or, and, and, it's, and it's going to ruin my body, or I'm going to end this pregnancy and be able to like look and feel the way I want to physically. Um, Cause you know, I think one of the things that's so scary about pregnancy is that your body just is like, there's so much that's not in your control. And that's sort of true anyway, although um, we have more of the illusion of control. <laughs> but with pregnancy, like, forget it. You're just going to get bigger. Like that's what's going to happen. Um, and it's really, you're not going to get any smaller. (laughs) No, you're not going to get any smaller and it's weird. And then afterwards, you know, you just don't know like, well, how is your body going to react or respond? What might come up afterwards? Is there going to be a postpartum depression or postpartum thyroiditis or like a, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. How are you going to be dealing with the sleeplessness and so my initial fear was that I, I was convinced my, uh, my body would be completely ruined, just ruined. 
And after being a coach for so many years, I have a lot of coach friends and um, one of them asked me, well, what would you, if you don't want your body to be ruined, what would you like it to be instead? And I thought, well, the complete like 180 opposite of having my body be ruined is to have my body be better than it ever was. And that was the sort of like that little light bulb was kind of the genesis of all of this discussion that Stacy and I started to have because it occurred to me that like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be turning 43 this year and it's possible, totally possible that I could look better and feel better than I did when I was 33 or even when I was 23 and that that's Mm. a choice. And I get to decide that that's what I would like. And even if my body takes a good long time and boy, is it to recover from pregnancy, there are so many ways to be experiencing health and physicality in a way that's better than it ever has been. Even if I'm, you know, still in maternity pants and not back into my (laughs) size eight clothes yet, you know? Um, so there's, there's a decision that you can make about your body that this is actually just because I'm getting older and I have a child doesn't mean things are going to go downhill. It actually could go Mm. better than it ever has been. And then that started you and I, we started talking about, well, yeah, I mean, and that's true for life. It's not like, you know, as you get older and certainly in our society, it's like, Oh, well, there's so many jokes about aging and getting older and everything falling apart physically. And in your, you know, retiring and all of this. And it's like, that doesn't ever have to be, it can, your life can be better than ever at every stage. And when we started thinking more into this concept of better than ever, it was like, well, the thing that's really great about something that's better than ever is that it's better than ever for you. Like whatever that means for you specifically is what makes it better than ever versus you know, me feeling like oh, I've got to run myself into the ground and be sprinting on a treadmill seven days a week to try to get myself into the shape that I should quote unquote be in because I'm in a health profession, um, after having a baby while totally like destroying my adrenals and my health and all of that. So it's, it, there's like a, there's this sense of getting to decide for ourselves, you know, what, what does it really mean for me, for my body, for my relationship, for my career? What do I think would be better than ever? Um, and, and how do I then turn my life in the direction of that North star, um, and just go whether Mm. someone likes it or not. I think one of the things that I love about what we teach in the, at health coach Institute is that, um, is telling your truth without needing to be right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's something I learned from you, Stacey, that, that you can express the truth of who you are, whether that's in your body or, um, in your career, in your love life without necessarily having anyone needing to agree with you. Nobody has to agree that it's okay for me to take as long as I need to take to recover from pregnancy. That's just what's true for mm. me you know, and chances are good. Some people won't agree. I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe some people will and some people won't, but ultimately internally it, it doesn't, it, it can't matter because if, if I were to 
worry about other people's agreement and whether or not they thought I was right, then I would start doing things to myself that were abusive. And that's where the pain comes in. I'd overexercise and then I'd probably binge on chocolate and I'd be doing all of these things that to, to sort of manage the pain of not being true to what is true for me. I feel like that's so much of where we binge eat, we drink, whether it's drugs or shopping or overexercising or whatever it is to, well, it, it seems that in, in that, that, uh, we binge and overexercise it, that there's a, a quality or a backdrop of shame right. that I'm hearing. And as we start to feel more and more shame, we collapse in on ourselves. And I imagine almost these, these little basements, these little storage closets, <laughs> uh, probably in our fatty tissues with little signs on them and padlocks that say, whatever you do, don't open this door but these are all the internal dialogues of I'm, I'm too bad. I'm not good enough. I'm, right. uh, I'm ugly or I don't have anything good to say. I don't matter. People don't really care. Like whatever. I'm not enough. Like, ugh. and so we start hiding and negating these parts of ourselves and becoming less and less of who we really are. And what has been a big theme for me these last few months and, and I'm, I've been witnessing in you and totally inspired by you is to bring ourselves out of hiding. And the cure for shame is transparency and what you said before, this authenticity, the um, being true without needing to be right. It's just about being real. And so letting go of what others are going to project or think and emerging from that place to know who you are. So um, there's something that Carrie, I wanted to, to share a very brief exercise uh, that I've been doing to to sort of coalesce this or fine. And it takes a little bit of meditation to get to that really honest place. Because again, there's a lot of layers of shame that I was finding on top of this, that I didn't even want to, uh, to get to the truth. So there's all kinds of other things. It's like, no, it's this. So what I've been working with is this three part framework. And the first part is where I've been hiding is, mm. and and to notice that, it's like, where have I been hiding in my self-expression, in my communicating my needs and desires? So minimizing, you know, how somebody goes like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Fine? Like, fine is not a real answer to the question of how you're doing. Now, we can be with the, does anyone really care? Or, like, do people really want me to answer that question? But noticing where we're cutting off parts of ourselves. So where I've been hiding is, and often where we're hiding is, um, or, or what we do to cope with this hiding is like you said, like binge eat, binge buy, we turn to these ways of medicating or numbing out. So we don't have to feel the pain of that hiding. So that's part one. Part two is the truth 
is what I really want for my life is. The Mm. truth is what I really want for my life is X. And what, what's, what I'm finding with sitting in that question is the exercise of expanding our imagination for um, having it all or better than ever, this idea of better than ever. I think most people, we don't have a culture of exercising the muscle of our imagination. In fact, they, they you know, in school we were conditioned to conform in such a way like, you know, darling, coloring inside the lines is preferred. We were not taught really to think outside the box. It was kind of shrink the, the creative thinking. And so I think we've gotten out of touch with the truth of what we really want and what our, what our needs are. How could it be better? I know uh, my husband sometimes asks me, how could this moment be more pleasurable? Like if we were going to plus one this moment, how could I make it more pleasurable for you? And I often feel like, um, well, wow, that's really hot that you're asking me that. And at the same time, I don't know. (laughs) 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 So for us to get back in, in touch with what we really want for our lives. And then the third part, why it matters to me is X. Why it matters to me. And as we embrace this ritual, I've been trying to do this every single day, is to get to know myself better. Now, the things that I express of the truth, what I really want for my life, uh, I don't have to act on those things. Sometimes it's enough to just start to get to know yourself and what they are and what's true today might not be true tomorrow or next week. I've certainly had desires that after I spoke them, the, uh, the inclination sort of disappeared. For, for example, wanting to go travel the world and find myself and buy a one-way ticket and not know when I'm coming back and no longer be a wife and a mother and a business owner and just kind of be a nomad for a while. And who knows, maybe I'll sell jewelry on Etsy and just live this artsy life. And I spoke that, and I remember my, I've told you this story many times, but my husband saying like, if that's what you really want, we'll figure it out. And it was almost like, not instantaneous, but not long after a couple hours or something after where I was like, you know what? I don't think I need to uh, travel around the world to discover that I'm not trapped by my life. I get to create it in each moment. So this is an exercise and uh, it is vulnerable and discovering and being radically honest with where you're hiding parts of yourself or negating parts of yourself. And that I think is one of the beginning practices that I'm wanting to impart for people to start carving your better than ever life. It's amazing. As I'm sitting here running through this exercise myself, it's like, yeah, I just, I do, I added it to my daily check-in like, okay. And the thing that I think is really cool about this is that when you see the truth of what you really want for your life is, or why it matters to you is that you can create something for yourself that we call a new year's mantra. And the reason we 
chose mantra over resolution, which is, you know, you can hear all kinds of things about why resolutions don't work, but from a, from a coachy perspective, it's because a resolution doesn't work because even though you're trying to change behavior, who you are hasn't necessarily changed. And to achieve something different and something new in your life, you at a core level are changing who you believe you are, what you believe is possible for you, what you believe you're capable of. And that's what a mantra is. A mantra is uh, a way to hold the vision of the self that you're growing into. And that's so much more powerful than like, I'm going to do 10 crunches a day. Well, that's lovely. And who are you becoming? (laughs) Which is way more important. And that's the thing that, that takes you through. So you can use your answers to the, this exercise and create your new year's mantra. There's a whole, um, sort of movement that we've been doing with our tribe at health coach Institute. Um, we call it hashtag my new year's mantra. And, um, basically we've, we've got students going to a a page at healthcoachinstitute.com, uh, slash new year's mantra. And, you can go there and upload a photo of yourself and then there'll be a custom filter and you can type in your mantra on the photo. And then of course you can download it and post it on social media and um, you can use hashtag my new year's mantra and you can tag us at, at health coach inst. So we can see your mantra and see that like this part of you that, that was in hiding maybe in 2016 is now coming out to play and, and you uploading that photo and tagging us and using the hashtag. It's just really claiming this is what's coming forward in 2017. This is who I'm growing into. This is the better than ever life that I know is there for me. And I'm, I'm moving toward it. I'm not hiding out anymore. And that kind of like, that moves me. I mean, I get a little choked up when I think about that because when all of us do that, Stacey, the amount of creative power and the amount of joy and the amount of energy and the amount of um, chutzpah that's released <laughs> all of us together <laughs> as a movement is like, oh my gosh, we, you know, we all, health coaching, well, I was going to say people who come to health coaching do it because they want to help people and they want to help people in a way that makes a difference. And and this is something that, that we get to do together that, that does make a difference. Well, what's really powerful about the doing the new year's mantra, um, uh, piece is it's like an incantation. You, you declare, and there's something about that declaration and being witness that has a resonance to it that carries forth into the world. That's what I believe. Anyway, <laughs> and did you know that uh, it's actually the, the word abracadabra, it's a very magical word. The word abracadabra actually means I, what I speak, I create. So creating your mantra is a way of bringing into being what you want to create and steering towards your better than ever, better than ever life for 2017. 
Wonderful. So I, this is just the beginning, like the tip of the iceberg of the juiciness and fun and depth and excitement of the kind of conversation that, that we get to have here with you together. Um, and I encourage you all to check out the bonus episodes for this week. And of course, to um, go to healthcoachinstitute.com slash my new year's mantra to create your mantra and use the hashtag my new year's mantra and tag us at health coach inst and we will be with you again on our next podcast so we'll close with a quote which i uh i had a teacher once carrie who said stop quoting other people start quoting yourself so today i want to leave you with a quote that was actually a poem I created, but it seemed so fitting for this episode. And the poem was, may the love that is hunting you find your hiding spot. Mm. And I thought you, you could enter anything and, and swap out the word love, like may the blank that is hunting you find your hiding spot. Uh, how just pertinent to the conversation that we've been having about coming out of hiding and, and the power of that. I love that. Writing it down, writer downer. Oh yeah. Writer downer. (laughs) (laughs) That down there is a writer downer. That right. There's what we call a writer downer. (laughs) Bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to Better Than Ever, a Health Coach Institute podcast. For more information on our programs, please go to www.healthcoachinstitute.com. Comment and share if you like what you hear.